Welcome to Mount Isa Birth Stories. This is a podcast for women who have birthed in Mount Isa to share their stories. We hope these conversations can help our fellow pregnant sisters feel more prepared for their birthing time. If you would like to share yours, please contact us on social media at Mount Isa Birth Stories. There is strictly no naming of our local nurses, midwives and doctors. Please note nothing in these episodes is to be taken as medical advice. Please see your healthcare provider if you have any medical concerns. Enjoy the episode. In today's episode, we have Caroline sharing with us the stories of bringing her two beautiful boys into the world, Harvey and Heath. She goes through what it was like to navigate the system with high-risk pregnancies and how picking up on some startling symptoms potentially meant the difference between life or death for her baby. This powerhouse mama pulled off two successful inductions with no pharmaceutical pain relief and she managed to catch her own babies in her own hands. This is like a wonderful episode for those interested in positive induction stories. It was really enjoyable. Also, please note in this episode, um, the first half isn't the greatest because I had the settings wrong on the microphone and Caroline sounds like she's sitting in another room, um, but the last half is a lot better. I am not a technological person, but you can still hear her words and her story, so it counts. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Just start it. So today we've got Caroline with us. You've had two babies in yep. Mount Isa and I've known you for a while and I think the most we've ever talked is since we've had our kids yes, and it's actually. always about birth it seems so um did you want to tell us about your pregnancy journey or where yeah. did you want to start um so i guess with harvey mm-hmm. um this just not is that not yours yeah is yours back on yeah i'm back on okay um so harvey was born in november 2015 um and he was a really difficult pregnancy mm-hmm. and a terrible labor Aww. um and then I had my second son, Heathy, in 2018. And he was a pretty easy pregnancy up until the end and a pretty easy labor as well. Mm-hmm, um, nice. But both were high risk. Yeah, so right. both were really... And diff- was did that all begin in Harvey's pregnancy? Is that what you mean by a difficult yes. pregnancy? Yeah, I think with Harvey, so when I first got pregnant, I had the typical morning sickness. Um, and I remember being six weeks in to this constant 24-hour nausea mm. and I was lying on the bed crying to Chris saying, I can't do six more weeks of this. Like, mm-hmm. they generally tell you you've got 12 weeks of morning sickness and I couldn't see the light. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't handle oh, this. Yeah. Um, and the poor guy was stressing because before Harvey we had two back-to-back miscarriages. Mm, sorry and about so, oh, it's all good. Mm. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really difficult those first six weeks and it was almost the um, hyper, what is it? Hyper- Gravadia, oh, hyperemesis. Hyperemesis, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was borderline, so oh, um, wow. deepest sympathy for anyone that has to go through oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually always say I'd prefer to be proactively vomiting than mm. just constantly nauseous because mm. mm-hmm. it's, it's debilitating. Um, so, yeah, that was really like the first um, 12 weeks. And then after that, my weight was always an issue with Harvey. Okay. I, I was never overly heavy, but they see, mm-hmm. they said that I put on five kilos too quickly. And there was, I didn't realize, but I think being a first time mum and going through it, I really just trusted everything that the midwives and doctors were telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were really pushing for me to do the GPM testing, the okay. diabetes testing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I did that, but I did, come back positive with having diabetes however um I have a lot of like for me this is a, a sore point I guess because mm-hmm. when I did the testing um 
you have to be 5.1 and under mm -hmm. for your fasting. Yeah. Um, and I was 5.2. Mm. But I didn't realize that your testing window could only be between, I think, 8 and 12 hours. And okay. I had fasted for more than 16. Oh. So, um, mm -hmm. and there were some other issues like that. And I wanted to redo it again. But they were like, nah, you're high risk now. We're transferring oh. you to the high risk clinic. Oh. And then from that moment on, it became um, very intensive and also very... Um, I just felt like I was cattle. I was being poked and prodded the whole way along. Uh, and did you have visions for how you wanted to have your baby as well? So I suppose, were you so stressed by the thought of going to the high-risk clinic? So stressed. So yeah. um, falling pregnant, I guess I never really thought about, you know, labour or breastfeeding or any of those things. And then mm -hmm. suddenly you go on this journey and you start learning all these things. And I was like, mm -hmm. I want a natural labour. I don't want any intervention. I yeah. want to breastfeed my child. Um, yeah. You know, so I want to take on all these things. And with um, high risk, that really, that you, you're not allowed, I guess, all of those things, I guess, mm -hmm. in terms of the labour. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, because I really wanted water birth and I wanted mm -hmm. to use all those types of things and hypnobirthing, but they were like, nah. Oh, it becomes wow. very clinical then. Yeah. And do you want to go over, so the GDM testing, what, what that, that entails? Was, um, yeah. it was, it's, just, it's seriously, uh, the testing I think is totally flawed, um, but you fast and then you go and have a blood test on your fasting and then mm -hmm. you drink a drink full of sugar. I think, I, I can't remember what it is now, maybe yeah, it's, it's like 30 teaspoons of sugar or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then you do a blood test now later to see how your body is handling that. Mm -hmm. And then you do another one two hours later to see what your levels are. Yeah. Um, and it's flawed because no one's going to consume 30 teaspoons of sugar in one hit. Mm. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't think it's really accurate, mm -hmm. but yeah. I guess it's the best tool I've got at the moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, pretty, yeah. it was pretty awful. Yeah, so you weren't allowed to retest and then you're in no. the high risk clinic yeah yeah and my baby was breached the whole time too wow um i actually okay. had a scan i think it was my uh that was another thing too like i i really wanted to minimize intervention in my pregnancy too mm -hmm. um yeah. but going high risk it literally meant every week that i was in the clinic or every fortnight i was in the clinic i was getting scans done my fundal growth was getting checked yeah. um you know i think like in the later stages um they're constantly um doing uh like testing checking my diameter of my cervix even though I was like not even close to so like are you talking about like um internal yeah, like internal, fingers in there to see checks, yeah. wow yeah. and when did that start like that how? all started a little bit later at okay. like 36 weeks yeah right like okay. 36 37 38 wow. each week for three weeks wow uh, but I thought this was normal yeah um, mm -hmm. I didn't know any different did you have a midwife following you with all these appointments no okay. I that was before I know here locally they brought in the midwife clinic but mm -hmm. at that time they didn't have it yeah in 2015 yeah it wasn't mm -hmm. around so uh, but I had a 30-week scan to check his growth because, you know, they're always saying, oh, you've got diabetes, so your baby's at risk of being huge and you're probably not going to be able to have natural birth and you're going to have to have a cesarean. And I had a scan done and, and he was always 50%. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you never want to hear your baby's average except for, I think, when they're growing mm -hmm. in the womb. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is a relief. They're 50%, 50% um, percentile. Mm -hmm. um, but the lady that was scanning said, oh, he's breached. And it's very unlikely he's going to turn at this stage, so you're going to have to look at having a cesarean. Wow. And I went home and cried. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, that's it, you know, the last mm. thing. I, and I, um, when I was on my pregnancy journey, I started having a lot of anxiety around 
dying. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the thought of surgery made that even worse. Yeah, yeah. So. Wow. With um, your sugars, were they ever out of control or were you well controlled? Totally like, did well you controlled. Need, yeah. That was the other you, thing. Did you have to do medication or anything? No. Okay. So yeah. um, I had to do testing, uh, blood, like the finger prick testing, seven mm-hmm. times a day. Wow. When you yeah. woke up before breakfast, after breakfast, before lunch, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and record them. You had to write them down. And the little device. This is the other thing, actually, that was really difficult. Yeah. The little device would record it. So when you go and see the um, endocrinologist each week, mm-hmm. they would look at your readings. But if they didn't believe you, they could plug your machine, your little machine, into the computer just to make sure that you weren't forging your results. Right. Um, but at this time, I had learned a lot about diabetes and a lot mm-hmm. about gestational diabetes. I'd really educated myself in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I really contested that I truly had it, mm-hmm. um, especially because I never had any spikes. Like mm-hmm. my one hour, my two hour posts were always perfect. My yeah. fasting started increasing from like 5.2 to 5.3, 5.4. Mm-hmm. But I had friends with true GDM and mm-hmm. their fasting levels were 10s, 11s, 12s, 15s, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. um, but every time they looked at that book and they saw a slight increase, they mm-hmm. made me feel like, I was doing something wrong and mm-hmm. I wasn't doing enough and I need to be mm-hmm. walking more, I need to be eating more healthy and they sent me to a dietitian and this wow. dietitian, no joke, printed out, you know the old school pyramid that you see at primary school yeah. with like the food, and she's like, here you go and I'm like, I know this, can you give me any more information, mm-hmm. like what should I, shouldn't eat, yeah, yeah there was... Wow. It was not worth the time. Yeah. You know, so. It seems like a common story. You hear mothers that have been diagnosed and they're like, I didn't have one spike like afterwards. And that's where, and I don't know everything, but I always thought it was you're at risk of a big baby if you were like really high sugars all the time. Yeah. So that's when I'm like, well, if a mother's well controlled, why are we worried about her having a baby too big for her to handle? You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I don't know, but that's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was what I gather from what I've, you know. And that's what I gather too, that the issue is that if your sugars are uncontrolled, then it, mm. they go to the bubba and the mm. bubba's at risk of growing too big and then you have complications giving birth. But the risk really is, is that bubba then has issues with high sugars when they're okay. born and they have to put them on um, sugar drips or okay. something and they can become quite unwell. Like there is definitely mm-hmm. risk with it. But, yeah. you know, in my case where everything was controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was even having like spikes of 5.4 and one of the doctors was like, you need to get on that. And I'm like, are wow. you serious? Like, <laughs> 5.4 is an average reading in a normal person not pregnant. Months before I tested, they actually dropped the level again. I remember so, when that happened. Yeah, so if mm. I had tested any earlier, I would not have been classified. Mm. So mm-hmm. it was just very invasive because, mm-hmm. you know, you felt like cattle getting poked and prodded and you felt like there was something going to be wrong with your baby. Mm. And mm-hmm. it was just very, very stressful. Wow. I was just so stressed the whole time. And yeah. then he was breached. Yeah. And he wasn't turning. So at what point, so you've gone home, like when they're basically like, you're probably going to have to look at a C-section and you've gone home and you're like really upset. Like, yeah. what are you thinking now? Like, are you like researching Hello. the hell? and babies. Oh, awesome. Spitting yeah. Babies. Great. So I was like under no circle. I think I had this um, in my head. I was like, I'm having a natural birth mm-hmm. or as close to natural as I can. Yeah. I'm not having cesarean mm-hmm. and I'm not having epidural. Like yeah. I just made this decision. You told yourself. That that was the option. Mm-hmm. So I went home and I looked up spinning babies and mm-hmm. I started doing what they recommended every day, Amazing. like hanging off the couch and bouncing on a ball and uh, lying a certain way in bed. And yeah. they, there was a lot of things in there. None of it worked at all because okay. um, he kept going transverse okay. and then breached again. So, mm-hmm. and I, But it was about 36 weeks 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually not heard of an ECB at that point. Mm-hmm. I had started looking into breech birthing. Okay. Um, and I found someone who practiced on the coast, but mm-hmm. they told me that I couldn't mm-hmm. because I was high risk because of gestational, mm-hmm. which is then where the frustration came in because was I truly gestational, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of battling. And I think the more you argue with them, I think the more stupid sometimes the healthcare can make you feel. Mm-hmm. Or they usually throw the dying baby card at you mm-hmm. and you're like oh, that's obviously out of everyone in the room the person who cares more about this baby is me mm-hmm. so that's the last thing I ever want to mm-hmm. happen but it's very manipulative mm-hmm. I find yeah yeah so it's a good way to coerce you into doing things and yes. oh, not just in our town either like everywhere, a, everywhere. Yeah, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. you know I reached out to a lot of mums during the pregnancy with Harvey that had similar like had GDM mm-hmm. that wanted to go through and have natural or mm-hmm. you know vaginal deliveries and it was pretty general feeling from all these mums how mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. I was feeling was how they were feeling too yeah yeah so um Wow. But, yeah, it was about 36 weeks the doctor then recommended an ECB. Okay, yeah. Um, and that's an external cephalic version? version yeah. Okay. So basically yeah. where they just spin the baby around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started reading into it and I got a little scared because they were talking about that there's a lot of risk with it because there could be a re- usually what they were, I was reading is if a baby's breached, it's breached for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes turning it can put the mother into stress or it could, you know, be the umbilical cord short. There's all these reasons. Yeah. Um, and so usually when they do an ECV, they prep you as if you're mm-hmm. going in for an emergency C. Yeah. Um, so I was weighing it up. Okay, do I look at this and possibly put my baby at risk? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I go for C-section? And mm-hmm. when I was weighing up the risk, I thought the ECV has less risk attached than the C. Okay. So I thought, let's go with this mm-hmm. and see. Yeah. There we go. And how far along are you at this point? 37. Okay. 37 mm-hmm. weeks. So um, when I went in, doctor, the doctor was pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. He, um, mm-hmm. were, he t- was, I remember he had a really good feel and um, he said that it felt like there was a lot of room. So it didn't feel too constricted. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't end up prepping me for surgery. And he, ended, he didn't end up giving me the drug that relaxed your belly okay. either. Okay. Wow. he was quite confident that. Awesome. The baby would turn quite easily. Yeah. Um, and it literally, he put his fingers in my belly. The most uncomfortable part was him digging in. Wow. And then um, my baby just. Wonderful. So you didn't have to have an epidural to do that or Nothing. anything like that? Oh, Nothing. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I had read nice. a lot of horror stories that it was the most painful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a pain scale, honestly, it probably, it didn't even register. Oh, lovely. Yeah, nice. No pain. And as so soon good. as it happened, I felt um, I could breathe. Wow. I had a head in my ribs, mm. <laughs> you know, for 37 weeks. Oh, well, for a good, you know, 15 mm. weeks. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it. I was Amazing. like, wow, is this what it feels like to have a baby in position? Yeah. So, so are you feeling elated at this point that yes. Bubba's down yeah. and every and he's okay? And Yeah, I was mm-hmm. feeling a lot better by this point. Um, and the doctor said to me that if my baby had turned in the next week, mm-hmm. um, that they would turn him again mm-hmm. and break my waters immediately. Okay. So, because mm-hmm. at this point I'd resigned to the fact that I was going to be induced. Yeah. Um, but I was okay with that I guess I'd come mm-hmm. to a place where I was like yep okay I'm gonna be induced it's yeah. not what I want but mm-hmm. and I suppose too you're coming from thinking at some points I'm having a c-section yeah. which is major and yeah so you're of course yeah yeah, yeah definitely mm-hmm. so um thinking okay <clears throat> I can have a a um be induced but I can still have a vaginal delivery for me that was an okay compromise yeah. looking back now mm-hmm. um I would 
probably have pushed through and said okay. no to the induction. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, at the time, I just didn't know anything. Yeah, better. of course. And I, yeah. I remember actually lying in um, the obstetrician's office the following week, mm-hmm. um, and I thought my baby had actually gone back breech. Mm. And they checked, and they said, no, Bubba's head down, but let's look for a reason to induce you. Oh, wow. So they started looking around, and they were looking at my placenta, mm-hmm. and the doctor said, oh, they're signs of calcification. That's the reason we'll induce you because of that. Wow. And at the time, I was like, oh, okay, this is serious. My placenta is <laughs> decaying or it's, you know, it's like we need to get the baby out now. And then, of course, stress levels yeah. increase. Mm-hmm. Then I find out or then I educate myself further mm-hmm. later on and realize, uh, hello, that's a part of, you know, being pregnant. <laughs> that's normal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that's a reason why now back I would have said no to it yeah yeah mm-hmm, for sure so you're 37 38 38 okay yeah, 38. so do you have to like rush home and get your stuff and like how did that all yeah work? so that was I think on a Tuesday I had the appointment mm-hmm. um and he, the doctor said we'll bring you in tomorrow okay and I was panicking mm. I was like I think the realization that you're about to have a baby you yes. don't really kind of associate the fact that you have a baby in your belly when you're pregnant yeah you know, you especially don't... that first baby yes. you're just like wow <laughs> yeah, the first one, um, yeah. you have no idea really what's going on hey mm-hmm. so I mean you know there's a baby in there mm-hmm. but you just don't know there's a baby it's yeah just, it's weird it's, it's strange yeah. so mm-hmm. um yeah we raced home I think we were pretty much ready to go mm-hmm. um but the next day I remember I was taking a lot of photos being pregnant yeah um and we grabbed my bags and we're walking to the door and I had a meltdown, like an yeah. absolute panic attack meltdown. Mm-hmm. And my phone rang and it was a private number and I answered it and it was yeah. a midwife and she was like, we've got no beds free, can you come tomorrow and Wow. Bed? And I was like, hell yes, I can. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. Divine intervention, like, no, no, you need to chill folks a little tiny bit. Yeah, you need to calm down wow. because I was just escalating, escalating, yeah. escalating. Um, so, yeah, so I went and just sat on the couch between mm-hmm. brows and just binge-watched nice. TV. And it was good. Yeah. I needed that, I think, that day just to, mm-hmm. like, settle. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the next day I went in about 4 o'clock and started mm-hmm. the induction process. Okay, yeah. So 4 o'clock in the afternoon you go in. And yeah. what's it like? So you go up to the maternity ward and you're, like, admitted kind of thing, is yeah. it? Yeah, you get admitted. Um, it's, you know, I think it, I know a bit about induction processes now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the way that I went with mine or what they do here locally is probably mm-hmm. the best way. They do yeah. pretty much every form of induction. So I know a lot of other mothers um, have gone and just had a folly put in okay. and um, if that doesn't work, they get sent home or they put a folly in and then they break the waters immediately or they go straight to quick toes and drip. Mm-hmm. Here, they would put the folly in for 24 hours, remove that, put the gel on for six hours okay. um, and then they would break the waters. And I felt mm-hmm. like because there was a lot of steps to the process, but it had a higher chance of being successful vaginally by taking, mm-hmm. by doing all of these steps. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets less likely if you act, um, of having a successful vaginal delivery if you remove one of those. Okay. So, um, so I had the folly put in. And which, is that the folly bulb? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the bulb, what's that like going in? So it's like a little balloon in your cervix. Yeah. Is so it? Um, and it's got long tubes that hang up that you're going to tape to your leg wow. that you forget about when you pee and then <laughs> until they hit the water and it splashes your bum. <laughs> and like, what is Joys. it? Yeah, so <laughs> it's a balloon, or they call mm-hmm. it a balloon, but it's um, they uh, put it up on your cervix and then they mm-hmm. inflate it with 
playlist with water. Okay, yeah. um, and the whole purpose of that is to expand your cervix to four centimeters. So it really does okay. a bulk of like the stretching wow. part, I guess, mm-hmm. for you. Um, and is that painful when they put it in and uh, can you feel it? Yeah, you or? can feel okay. it. There's pressure on your cervix. I didn't find it painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think others have. Um, yeah. There was no pain associated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that it can fall out in that time. Mine fell out. Okay. Um, so, and that usually is a good indication. Yep. So, um, so in my case, it didn't really change. Okay. <laughs> didn't change much. Right. Um, and then the gel helps abase and it all thin out the cervix. So, okay. Yep. Um, that gets supplied. They wake you up at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, before you go to bed, they bring you in some drugs to put you to sleep okay yeah um mm-hmm. and that i think i was just too nervous and i was like oh you know you've been told this whole time you can't have certain drugs yeah and then they bring you it's these so drugs. bizarre yeah <laughs> and they're like you can have these and you're like are you sure and they're like yeah, it's fine i'm like i'm gonna pass so i actually passed on it so okay. i didn't sleep at nick wink yeah wow and regretted it the next day <laughs> <laughs> yeah um mm-hmm. but they wake you up at four and remove the balloon and mm-hmm. put the gel in your cervix for six hours okay and that can get a bit yeah, yeah. And is that purely just like gel? Yeah, just yeah. On your, yeah. It's okay. purely just gel, but mm-hmm. they have to keep uh, checking your dilation or okay. they keep doing cervical checks. Mm-hmm. And um, they, I found them probably the most uncomfortable. Wow. And how often are they doing that? Uh, they do it when they do the balloon and then when they remove okay. the balloon yeah. or the gel. So like two mm-hmm. or three times in mm-hmm. a 24 hour or 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the gel's been in there for six hours, they do it again. Okay. They generally break the waters. But mm-hmm. um, when they did the gel, uh, there was a bit of like period type pain with that. Okay. Um, but I went back to bed. So you're still in the hospital or I was still in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pretty much said, once we start this process, we can't stop. So there's no backing out now. Wow. Um, and you feel a bit of pressure with that because yeah. you think, okay, well, the baby's I'm really coming. Going. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. It's really happening. Yeah. Um, and then six hours later, mm-hmm. it was 8.30 in the morning. or No, it was 10.30 actually. Um, yeah. The doctor wanted to check. So mm-hmm. um, I was lying down in the bed and... Chris had gone home, obviously, for the night, and he mm-hmm. was coming in, and he was walking into the room, and as he walked in, I didn't even know this was about to happen, yeah. but the doctor broke my waters, Wow. and I wasn't even warned. Wow. I had no idea. So you were, like, getting examined? Getting examined, legs up, and I, I had my birthing night in, a special yeah, birthing yeah. night that I brought, yeah. and I didn't have enough time to know, so I had it down so low, everything yeah. got soaked, but I was oh, still lying wow. there, and I thought he was just checking my cervix, and he just ruptured my waters, wow. and there was so much pain associated, mm-hmm. but the pain wasn't from the waters rupturing, it was from his cervical exam, oh. um, I found him to be particularly very rough, which okay. I later refused his, mm-hmm. him doing it, yeah. um, and... As this happened, wow. Chris walked in and he can just see my face and hear me make this sound. Wow. And he just sees all this water gushing out. And he said he thought I was having the baby right Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said they were about to catch a baby wow. and missed the whole thing. Yeah. Um, what a shock for you. It was a shock, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you must be exo- like tired as well because you haven't slept and then you're going through that process. Yeah, tired. But I think by this point, adrenaline starts okay. to hit, you know. Mm-hmm. It starts to become a crazy... Um, mm-hmm. Like, I found the whole journey to be very, even though it was so invasive, it was very spiritual and overwhelming. Nice. So, yeah. I don't know, like, my head goes 
like in both my labors, my head goes to a different space. So nice. I started feeling I was entering that space. Awesome. I don't know zone. I heard this um, quote once and I loved it. And it was it was a discussion and the woman was saying she was checking her phone. She's keeping track of her contractions. And she said, then it got to the point where I couldn't. Yeah. And the host said, it's like birth beckons you into her realm. It's yeah. just like this slow like removal from reality. And um, that's, so that's what you remind me of when you said I that. Love, I love that. I, I know. I feel that that's completely... I actually mm. read this quote before I gave birth to Heath and it yeah. said, um, before a mother gives birth, uh, birth mm-hmm. she travels to... The stars to collect her baby's soul to and they come back, back together. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I felt that was so true. Like in both mm-hmm. my labours, I went somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where I went, but it was in here. Yeah. And yeah, I really... Amazing. Yeah, I feel like that fits that's so nice I think it's too um when you're in the hospital setting as well I think some people have the assumption that you're never going to have a spiritual or just a love like those type of things aren't going to happen but absolutely and it helps you cope as well with external stuff to just block it all out absolutely yeah definitely I agree I felt that's why I I always worried that it was going to be so clinical I'd never Mm -hmm. have that I well I didn't actually know of the spiritual journey that birthing mm-hmm. has as well so mm-hmm. I didn't expect that to happen it was only after the fact that I looked back and I was like Whoa, yeah wow. this was a really spiritual time yeah you know it was really overwhelming and really moving mm-hmm. um so I didn't expect that to be part of it so, but when I was having heat I was prepared for that and nice. I was really looking forward to that I remember yeah. thinking I'm where am I going I'm about to go nice was the thought that I kept having with him beautiful um yeah but with Harvey so uh they broke my waters and mm-hmm. then they let me walk because my baby never engaged, so okay. he was kind of sitting to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so they let me walk around for a couple of hours, and mm-hmm. I was having a lot of tightening, um, yeah. and that just kind of helped pull him down a little bit. Nice. Okay. That was good. Yeah. That helped. Mm-hmm. So what time are we looking at now? So you've gone there four o'clock the night before, and yeah. is this when this you're walking around? This is about around? 11 a.m. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, you know we went, we just walked around the grounds. My mum mm-hmm. was there. We had coffee nice. um and i think it was about 12 o'clock they were like we're gonna have to start the pitocin okay. and i was really hoping to try and get things moving along without that okay um yeah. i had read many times women would have the folly then they'd have the gel and mm-hmm. then they'd have the arm uh, or the the rupture of the membranes happen mm-hmm. and then with a bit of walking it would kick things off yeah um yeah but they're like no we've started this process okay. we need to keep going mm-hmm. we've got to like get you on the drip okay yeah. um and pitocin is like a synthetic oxytocin yeah which is the hormone that we normally release to get our babies and i think it's called sint Sinto, yeah. and I can never. It's like another O, and there's like syntonin and syn- yeah. <laughs> so I just sinto like as oxytocin, and yeah. yeah. So it's the synthetic version of what our bodies naturally produce to get those contractions. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are you thinking? Like you're gonna go and do you have to lay down when this process um, is happening? Is it running the whole they're time? They're pretty, pretty strict that they they pretty much want you on your back. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, my baba, even though they they had turned him. He was mm-hmm. posterior. Okay. So I was having, when they started the pitocin or syntocin, yeah. um, they started on a low dose, I think it's three, and okay. then every half an hour they double it. So okay, it yeah. goes to six, then 12, then 24, then wow. 48. So mm-hmm. it rapidly increases. Yeah. And um, I couldn't sit on my, lie on my back at all. And mm. each time they had to do a cervical exam, it was the most uncomfortable mm. thing because the pain, the back pain mm-hmm. was horrendous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't know, I didn't know my baby was posterior. Okay. So being mm-hmm. first time labor, I actually thought that this pain was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it started off pretty slow. Like we had a few hours, I think it was like from 11 till about um, two o'clock. 
the mm-hmm. like the waves of labor or the contractions were coming in and you're monitored the whole time so mm-hmm. you've got the drip on you yeah. um you've also got saline drip going on as well yeah then you have to have constant monitoring of mm-hmm. the mother mm-hmm. and at the time i had the two straps around mm-hmm. the belly yeah. um I, I really didn't want the one on bub's head mm-hmm. through the vagina at that time yeah um and that it becomes like you're very restricted mm. you can't move around you can't walk yeah. and so the most that I was able to do was stand there and I stood there rocking um, or on a bouncing ball. Wow. The bouncing ball helped the most. Nice, yeah. Um, Did you find yourself bouncing on the ball yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yep. bouncing on nice. the ball constantly. Yeah. Um, they had said to me, and it's funny, they did the same thing with Heath. Uh, they said, oh, we've got waterproof, um, you know, monitors for the baby. Okay. So we can take you to the shower. Oh, nice. And I thought, yeah. okay, I'm not going to get, obviously, a water birth, but at least getting in the shower to help manage yeah. some pain. So many people say that shower water yeah. is just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. I've used nice. it so many times, you know, period pains, all yeah. these injuries. Like, shower, true, yeah. shower is my safe place. Like, yes. I, I love it. So mm-hmm. um, it was 2.30 and the pains were starting to really intensify mm-hmm. and they were having changeover of mm-hmm. midwives. And um, I remember saying, look, I want to go to the shower. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, yep, we'll we'll get there soon. Mm-hmm. And then within 20 minutes, they were getting worse. And I was like, I want to go to the shower. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, we're doing handover. We'll find, you know, the waterproof thing, like whatever mm-hmm. it is. And okay, we'll yeah. get you there. Mm-hmm. And then it was like quarter to three. And mm-hmm. I was like, get me to the shower <laughs> now. And um, I heard one of the midwives say, yeah, her demeanor's really changed. <laughs> so she Funny must that. be entering active labor. <laughs> And yeah, because I had the whole time mm-hmm. been chatty and friendly, and then yeah. it was like this, hang on, this pain hit the new level. Um, and mm-hmm. they did, they got the monitors, it took ages to get them working. Mm-hmm. We got into the shower, get under the water, mm-hmm. pure hot water, which I later found out they actually um, control their hot water, okay. so you don't burn yourself, Okay. because it never felt hot enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and within sitting in the shower for five minutes, my baby's heart rate dropped down to 70. Mm. So they were like get out wow. and you need to go get on your back okay um so mm-hmm. we quickly shuffled back to the room called mm-hmm. in the doctor and i was on my back and the pain like his heart rate came back up okay um but the pain was horrendous oh. and i remember saying i can't lie down yeah and they were saying you must stay down but fortunately the doctor was there and he said if she wants to stand up let her stand up wonderful probably something she do with the umbilical cord okay. maybe she needs to get into a position again and that umbilical cord will Shuffle yeah, shuffle, yeah, and that's what happened. I, was, oh, I got wonderful. up and he kind of de again, but then he came back okay, up. Okay, nice. So oh, I was great. able to continue with bouncing on the ball. Lovely. Did you, were you able to get back to the shower? No, okay. I wasn't. They were yeah. like, nah, you're okay. not going back to the shower. Right, so okay. Wow. That was Do you know at this point, like, how are they checking you to see how far along you are? Or yeah, so you, yeah. I was... I wasn't moving off seven. Okay. So they kept saying you're only seven centimeters, wow. and um, I'd had because uh, the active, like the real intensified pain, started about two o'clock, mm-hmm. um, and by three they were a ten out of ten. Wow. Um, and at the same time, my husband's cousin mm-hmm. wife. Wow. Was giving birth in the room next to me. That's amazing. And, yeah, it was really cool, <laughs> and um, we like we we knew each other. We were, there. We were passing each other in the hallway. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. And at three o'clock, I heard her giving birth, and I heard wow. the baby crying. Wow! And I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's because they induced us at the exact same time." Okay. So when I heard this, I was like, "My baby's about to come." Yeah. And so it kind of gave me a bit more energy, and then 
I think by four o'clock when my bub wasn't here, um, they checked me again and they're like, look, you're still seven centimeters. Mm. And hearing that crushed me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've just been going through the most intensive pain for the last mm -hmm. two hours. I'm not budging off two. Mm. Uh, I'm not budging off seven. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? Yeah. And I remember the midwife came over and she crouched down and she was like, look, we can help with this. We've got the guy here to do epidurals. We can give you an epi. And I was like, no fucking way. Wow, that's no amazing. Way. Mad at the time. But I was like, no way. I wanna yeah. change my mind. But yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, no. And she go she said, um, I think oh there were gas. The okay. gas. So yeah. I was like, Alright, we'll try the gas. Um, mm -hmm. but it made me instantly sick. Mm -hmm. So, um yeah. that wasn't helpful at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we I just kept battling with wow. the the um, contractions and I think mm -hmm. by this time we're getting to five o'clock okay and by five o'clock um it was becoming exhausting mm -hmm. um and I remember um I think what really helped me was the doctor kept coming in and out and he kept doing his cervical checks and he actually argued with my midwife about giving me an episiotomy mm. but my midwife she had come from the UK she had a really hands-off approach mm -hmm. and even though she was working on an induced labor that was the least hands-off mm. way mm. she still she had spoken to me beforehand and knew my wishes about not having an epidural mm. not having an episiotomy and not having all these things that I could kind of control yeah. in my circle at the time uh -huh. and she stepped outside the room with him because this happened in front of my mom and she mm -hmm. argued with him and said there was no way she was going to allow him to perform one on me wow there's no need. yeah because so is he like there in your like can you feel is he crowning at this point or something no. so you're only a seven yeah I'm only a okay. seven yeah. so no I well not only a seven, seven yeah. I hate this whole number thing anyway but yeah. yeah but no I was um wow. I was still probably only seven at that point mm -hmm. um and she was like no not happening mm -hmm. and um yeah they went at it a little bit because mum mm -hmm. was really impressed later that she really stood up nice. to him yeah. um and she came back into the room and she was great she just kept encouraging me like you know mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing you're on the right track like keep going keep Nice. Yeah. So she was, she, even though she offered me that um, epidural mm -hmm. at that point, I think she was just, she could probably see my suffering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she was just trying to help. And I suppose it must be hard. Like if you don't know this woman, your whole pregnancy, she's probably trying yes. to figure out who you are as exactly. well. And what, yeah. Like, so I suppose yeah. if you've had that relationship, she probably never would have asked That's you, right. you know? Yeah. yeah so definitely. she's trying to play, like figure it out. Yeah. We met at two o'clock that afternoon, well. you know, <laughs> yeah. and, um, she, I remember she even brought her cherries in. She was eating cherries nice. and raspberries. And she was offering me cherries. She's like, you know, this will help you get through. Oh, nice. Yeah, she was yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. And um, but at this point, I think like we're about five o'clock, and I think I start started getting closer to ten. Mm -hmm. And um, she brought in a mat because I kept going off the ball down onto my hands and knees, like yeah. just naturally getting wow. into like that frog squat position. Mm -hmm. Um, so and I think it must have been about five thirty that I started pushing or wow. as she as I later read on my notes I was involuntarily pushing okay, but yeah. I disagree with that I remember pushing yeah okay and so did you feel something to in you to push like yeah. did you feel a yeah. sensation yeah or, I yeah. felt just a natural um pull to mm -hmm. get on the ground and just start pushing yeah um wow. and I pushed for two and a half hours wow so, <laughs> oh, wow. so at this point when I got on the ground I remember thinking okay we're almost here yeah you, you're nearly there you because I didn't know what um, the sex of my bump was going to be. Okay, yeah. So I thought, okay, like, you know, you're about to meet your baby. Mm -hmm. You're about to find out if it's a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so started pushing. Yeah. And yeah, two and a half. Did you remain on the ground the I whole time? On the ground, oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. And 
it was I I remember distinctly I do remember all of this um, <laughs> between each contraction because they were on top of each other at this point you know I think they had to get special permission to increase my um, okay. pigtocin to like mm-hmm. 130 or 140 or something wow okay um, and then they had to back it off because mm-hmm. my late my contractions were so intense I wasn't getting a break between Unreal. yeah um, wow. and they backed it off a little bit when I started pushing mm-hmm. um, but I kept falling asleep between those wow. contractions <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. you knew you were at like mm. <laughs> next level exhaustion mm-hmm. um and yeah so i think it was like about six thirty. um i could really feel him down through the canal and i still had no idea that he was posterior which okay. is why it took him so long to push him out wow um but she was like feel him you can oh feel the bubba nice. and so i was putting my hand down there and i could feel the top of his head wow and i was like okay this is you know i'm so close <laughs> yeah. um and i just remember thinking like anyone who's about to give birth knows this you always hear that giving birth feels like you're going to do a gigantic shit, right? And I remember thinking, oh, okay, um, I maybe just need to poo and then the baby will come out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise that that sensation was the baby coming yeah, through, okay, you know? Okay. So, mm-hmm. did you have that? For my last, I remember being like, oh my God, I'm going to poo myself. Like, yeah. it's the only time, but, um, and I didn't, but yeah. that's what exactly what it feels like. Yeah, that's what my I, last one. Yeah, definitely. that's what I thought. I was like, oh, I'm about to poo. Yeah. Okay? And everyone's going to, well, it's just me and the midwife, uh, and my husband, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't care at that point. I was mm-hmm. like, get this baby out. Um, and I think it was around that point I really started to go downhill. I was like, you know, I need an epidural now. Um, and she was like, yeah, like, you are, you're not getting one, one, and two, you're so close. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was really good at keeping me strong mentally. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so he came, I think it was like 7, 7.35, or 7, no, 7.10, mm-hmm. he was born. And as he started coming out, she actually guided my hands down there. Amazing. And she put his head in my hands and I pulled him out. Amazing. So yeah, Lovely. it was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. even though we're in such a clinical environment, yeah. like there were some really beautiful aspects to it that oh, I felt that I kind of got. That's just amazing. My yeah. Wow. It was really cool. Because what when a I feat. Pulled, it, yeah, it was intense. But when I pulled him out, yeah. um, I didn't know obviously what I was having, so I pull out this little oh. baby and his little legs just wham open and oh. Chris is there and we both see it's a boy. That's beautiful. It was. Yeah. I always thought I was going to be on my back and the mm-hmm. doctor was going to pull out the baby. And, and announce it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So doing it that That's way. That's lovely. Yeah, it was. How nice. So what time was he born? It was like, yeah, I think it was 10 past 7. Okay, wow. So, oh, amazing. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah, and so he comes out. Do you jump on the bed at that point so they can kind of? Well, not at that point. Mm-hmm. She just allowed us to sit there. I do okay. remember um, as he came out, another midwife must have come in the room, mm-hmm. and she just—I actually couldn't remember mm-hmm. the injection or signing off to the injection, but I must have for the okay. placenta. Yeah. Um, and so she yeah. gave me that, and we sat there. Hold, I sat there holding bub for a bit, mm-hmm. and then I gave birth. To Placenta, yeah, and then mm-hmm. after I gave birth to placenta, I then got up on the bed, so maybe within like 20 minutes. Okay, yeah. So. Do you remember, like, what does the placenta feel like when it comes out? What's uh, that part like? It was, uh, so I had three more contractions afterwards, mm-hmm. and they were painful mm-hmm. too, they weren't comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I knew what was happening, I knew it was coming out, um, yeah. and I could just feel like this heavy weight mm-hmm. in my vagina, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember saying, I think the placenta's there, and mm-hmm. she just pulled on the umbilical cord and it came out. Oh, lovely. Yeah. 
And then nice. actually the really beautiful thing was we were sitting on the ground, myself, my husband, mm-hmm. I was holding our baby, and she picked up the center mm-hmm. and she started showing it to us. Nice. And she was like, this is the sack that your baby lived in. Mm-hmm. And she got Chris to cut the cord. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, these are the arteries. Like she was showing us inside That's the umbilical cord mm-hmm. and she checked over the whole placenta to make sure that it was whole and intact. And nice. just was pointing out all these things to us. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I just love, I can see the scene of you guys just sitting on the floor with Bob yeah. still. Yeah. And it's just yeah, it's so nice. It was. It's like your first time mum being induced. I think that's a really nice way. I think so yeah, too. Like that's I feel like I'm probably got my own bias, but I feel like when I hear like first time mum and juice, I probably can't see that. I feel so anxious for those mums. So like, I. so I, that's just so I awesome. feel that way now because um, mm-hmm. what I now know, yeah. I never would have allowed it mm-hmm. to have happened, yeah. um, or I would have pushed forward more for not going naturally mm-hmm. because there is so much intervention and yeah. the more intervention the more risk mm-hmm. or, or the more chances of it's not going to be successful yeah you know so yeah, yeah I agree. and just the, like the the restrictions almost like you have to be monitored and so that restricts you know just even like you had to wait to go to the shower like those yeah, type of roadblocks exactly. you were so strong-headed though to get through that i think uh, mindset is so important no matter what everything. type of birth yeah it, exactly my cousin gave birth a couple days before me and mm-hmm. she gave that she had a natural birth Mm-hmm. And I said to her, you know, what's the tips? What do mm. I do? And she said, strong mind, strong body. Mm. And she says, they're the only two things you need to remember. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I went in already with like my determination that mm-hmm. I was going to give birth vaginally, mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to have an epidural. Because I knew too that having an epidural was going to decrease my chances of a vaginal birth, which is why, you know, there's no shame on people that have yeah. epidurals. Mm-hmm. It was just because I was so adamant that I wanted a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. not... And I knew having a C-section would increase my chances for my next birth mm-hmm. were going to be as also cesarean. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just was like, I'm starting this first yeah. pregnancy, this first birth mm-hmm. vaginally, if I can. Yeah, yeah, lovely. So, yeah, oh, that's, is, like, that's everything. Nice. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so what's a home life? Like how long were you in hospital for and did you have any, did you tear, tear or anything yep, like that? I did tear mm-hmm. um, and I remember feeling tearing, mm-hmm. I remember the ring of fire yeah. and I didn't care. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't care how much I tear, just, you know, two and a half hours of pushing mm-hmm. and like four and a half hours of active labor mm-hmm. is insane yep. to go through. So especially in juice with back to back and, um, contractions so mm-hmm. I remember not caring at all and I think yeah. I had like a second degree tear okay. and mm-hmm. um the doctor came in and stitched me out why um mm-hmm. my baby nursed so yeah. okay um and then straight after that I jumped up and went and had a shower nice and yeah. then wheeled my baby down to the room mm-hmm. and um yeah spent the whole night just staring at yeah me. <laughs> <laughs> did you sleep much in hospital no, no. <laughs> I don't even know any mom that has <laughs> like I don't press that for six months yeah that. I just watched him <laughs> yeah I was so nice. anxious. I was such an anxious first-time mum. Yeah, so, okay. mm-hmm. but yeah, such a different yeah. experience to subsequent babies. Yeah, uh-huh. And how did breastfeeding go for you? Like, you said you wanted to, so yeah. how was that, that process? That was, fortunately, like, it took a little bit for my milk to come in, but mm-hmm. again, I was determined my baby wasn't going to have formula. Okay. Um, and again, no shame to anyone who mm-hmm. chooses that, but, you know, because I felt... I guess so much was out of my control. Everything that I could control, I was mm-hmm. really um, determined. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. really adamant that I was not going to change my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And but I found the midwives were so supportive of that, nice. um, and they kept saying, you know, breast is best. Like this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they were taking my colostrum and mixing it with a bit of water to feed him with because okay. it, he was having a hard time latching. Okay. But yeah. the milk did come in and he fed fine. Okay, nice. And I found nice. that journey pretty easy, apart from the fact that it was probably a little bit uncomfortable the mm. first couple of days. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was fine. Awesome. Lovely. Yeah. So then, um, at one point, are you guys thinking, let's have a, another one, Never. like, a week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Harvey was such a hard, like, it was such mm -hmm. a hard pregnancy, it was such a hard labour, mm -hmm. um, and then he was a hard baby too, and it was, uh, he had, like, intolerances mm. of, to dairy, so, you know, I came off everything dairy, wow. and it dairies and everything, so mm. it's really restrictive, and, mm -hmm. um, he had probably the worst gas in any baby I've ever come across. Mm -hmm. So um, the first six months were pretty hard for him until he started getting really mobile and being able to move around. Mm -hmm. It really helped him. Okay. Um, and I, I knew I wanted more children, um, but I just never really felt ready um, mm -hmm. to go through it again. And I think because the, the pregnancy turned me off so much mm -hmm. okay. um, mm -hmm. in the labor, but I think Harvey was like two, was he, he must've been two, and it, like, must have just turned two. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to have to get pregnant. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to do this again. Mm -hmm. um, so we decided, well, like, yeah, okay, let's try. We tried once and bam, fell pregnant immediately. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he, he was definitely coming. Wow. Yeah. He knew he wanted to come. So. Do you have a lot of apprehension going into this pregnancy, like, oh, considering yes, what had so happened? So much. I was, yeah. But I was also more determined, too. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm not, if I, they tell me I have GDM and mm -hmm. if I'm 5.2, I'm going to tell them to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in that period, like before you fall pregnant again, are you kind of reflecting on your birth a lot and doing a bit more research or like yeah. requesting your notes or anything like that? Definitely, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I didn't request my notes until I was pregnant with Heath, okay. um, but I was a lot more aware. It's been, well, the diabetes scared me. They, you know, mm -hmm. they said to me, having gestational gives me a 50% chance of getting type 2. Mm -hmm. um, and that scared me, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so I became really proactive mm -hmm. of my health after I had. Harvey okay and I lost 26 kilos wow and just walking and yeah. just trying to make a better have a better healthier mm -hmm. active lifestyle yeah um and so going into pregnancy with Heath um mm -hmm. I was determined also to I did a lot more research on the timing or the window frame of how long to fast for and mm -hmm. um you know if I was going to have it again how I would handle it differently to the first time around and mm -hmm. I wouldn't have allowed for them to induce me just on that alone mm-hmm so you you're going into Heath's pregnancy, yes. um, and you're researching all about GDM yep. and things like this and fasting timelines and all of that. Yes, stuff. so um, I was better prepared prepared this time around with Heath. Um, mm -hmm. Fell pregnant pretty quickly, which I was really fortunate, and I you know was really pleased, um, especially mm -hmm. with the difficulties of falling mm. pregnant before Harvey. Yeah. Um, and. But I also had a clearer mindset. I was like, yep, I'm going this time for a completely natural mm -hmm. birth. I'm mm -hmm. not going to have any intervention. I'm not going to be induced. If yeah. I have gestational diabetes, well, so <laughs> I'm going to be, I don't care. I'm not getting induced. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my mindset. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was really confident in it too. Mm -hmm. um, and I also refused to do mm -hmm. the GDM test. Mm -hmm. I was like, I ain't going to do it. Yeah. And I said to them, I will do the fasting because mm -hmm. that was the only one that I had an issue with with my first pregnancy, mm -hmm. but I will not drink your 30 teaspoons of sugar and mm -hmm. I will not do two more blood tests when I know mm -hmm. that my levels, because after I had Harvey, becoming so proactive about my lifestyle and losing a lot more weight, mm -hmm. um, I also started doing like a monthly 
um, HAB1C okay. test mm-hmm. where they it's basically a snapshot of what your blood sugar levels mm-hmm. have been sitting oh, at. Oh, wow. Treatment. So you really are going in knowing what your body's yeah, doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. because one, I took it seriously. Mm-hmm. And two, I don't ever want to put myself at risk for type 2. Yeah. Um, it scared me. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I was very proactive. And so I knew going in with Heath that, mm-hmm. um, or pregnant pregnant to Heath that um, my blood sugar levels had been stable for years mm-hmm. and that I would do a fasting blood test because it's the only one I had issues with and mm-hmm. that was it. Okay. Um, and they were horrified. <laughs> okay. I think one of them even told me I was putting my baby at risk mm. and I was and I was a lot more mouthy mm-hmm. in this pregnancy and I was like, no. Yeah. That, you know, between you and I, the person who cares the most is me, mm-hmm. so I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how amazing, like how well informed you are about your sugars already. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure if you started getting high sugars, you would have... Been incredibly concerned. So. I said to them uh, mm-hmm. that I would do the fasting test and mm-hmm. monitor that. And I said, I am happy to come back every four weeks and redo fasting. Mm-hmm. And if my fasting increases, then I'm happy to start finger pricking before mm-hmm. my food and testing my fasting levels every mm-hmm. day yeah. just to show or just to sustain to like and even to know for myself that I don't have GDM mm-hmm. um, and I also ensured to this time around when I went for my GDM the fasting test mm-hmm. um, I only fasted for the hours that they recommended I okay. didn't go over that I actually got myself up at midnight yeah I had a piece of toast and a bit of yogurt and mm-hmm. I went back to bed mm-hmm. and I fasted at 9 30 okay so yeah. and my results came back at 4.8 to 4.9 nice. so mm-hmm. I was you know yeah. fine but yeah. they kept saying every time I'd go to the clinic they're like oh so you've denied having the so we don't know and I'm like no I am I'm clear and I'd have to go back on my rant about mm-hmm. the whole thing yeah. and the person would just be sitting there like okay this is kind of crazy let's just get out of here <laughs> but, do you have a um, midwife with no this preg- like I, didn't, I don't know why I didn't get mm-hmm. allocated a midwife mm-hmm. I thought I would mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know yeah. I don't know I can't remember that I think you had to get enrolled I don't know, but I mm-hmm. found the care fine. I was happy going nice. to the clinic. I was happy seeing different midwives. Um, and yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I didn't feel like I needed that constant support of having the same midwife. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to have it, but yeah. at the time, I it didn't really. I wasn't too worried. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. because I second time coming in, you're a lot more confident. You know mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, you're a lot more prepared. So mm-hmm. yeah, you probably don't need it as much. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so my pregnancy with Heath was. Pretty, like, it was easy. You know, Harvey, mm-hmm. I was so sick for those first mm-hmm. five weeks. Mm-hmm. Heath, I didn't have a touch of sickness. Wow. Are you thinking, oh, I have a girl. Girl, yeah, because <laughs> I didn't know what I was having with Heath. And I was mm-hmm. like, this pregnancy is so different. It's definitely a girl. Yeah. Um, and I was so convinced I was having a girl up until later stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, was not sick at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was totally fine. Everything was perfect. Like, there was mm-hmm. no issues. Nothing turned me off. Like, with Harvey, I couldn't wash the dishes because I couldn't handle the smell of the sink. Yeah. I couldn't touch meat because I couldn't handle the smell wow. of blood. Um, you know, I couldn't... Frangipanis, like, they've killed me forever. Um, there's a brand of candle that I can never smell again because yeah. every time I smell that candle, I want to projectile vomit. Mm-hmm. Well, with Heath, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Unreal. So what a different experience. Yeah, it was so totally different. And that's mm-hmm. why I was like, yeah, this has to be a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then when I started getting to, like, 26 or 27 weeks pregnant, I noticed that I started feeling um, exhausted. Okay. And 
obviously I thought, okay, I've got like a two and a half year old at home. Mm. I'm working full time. Mm-hmm. I have a husband, a friend's social life, house to keep up with, you know, just everything, yeah. every busy day stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought nothing of it. I was like, okay, this exhaustion is totally normal. Okay. Um, and my pregnancy, everything was tracking fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't give too much thought to it, but then I got to about, I think 28 or 29 weeks and I noticed that on top of the exhaustion, <coughs> excuse me, I started losing my appetite wow, okay. and I thought, okay, this is strange because mm. I'm a foodie. I will eat anything and yeah. everything, um, yeah. especially pregnant. Mm-hmm. I don't need no excuse. And mm-hmm. so I usually go twice as hard pregnant. Yeah. Um, so losing my appetite mm. was again, I was like, that's really strange. And, um, I'm also, I, you know, again, I take my health seriously so mm-hmm. I drink a lot of water and mm-hmm. I mean I drink usually four liters of water a day yeah. and I noticed I was still drinking a lot of water but my urine output was really minimum Wow! and I thought mm-hmm. that's weird mm-hmm. um, but again I thought okay maybe this is just weird pregnancy stuff mm-hmm. didn't say anything about it okay. probably should have but didn't say anything yeah um, and still having checkup like going to the clinic but I wasn't high risk so I was mm-hmm. only going like not yeah. as often as I was with Harvey mm-hmm. um, and then I think it was around 32 weeks I started noticing that I was developing probably even earlier maybe it was 30 weeks that I started developing this itch mm. and this itch was mostly on my um, wrists and my feet okay. but I have terribly sensitive skin I have eczema I've had like uh, um, you know hives like lots of allergies mm-hmm. so at the time usually when I do have a reaction to something I get itchy wrists from hive like I'll get okay. hives mm-hmm. so I thought oh maybe I'm allergic or I've had contact with something that's made me itchy mm-hmm. um, but no hives would show up so I thought okay weird but again didn't think too much of it yeah. because really what's alarming about an itchy wrist okay. or an itchy foot mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> Um, and then it started going to my chest and then it started going to my thighs mm. and my belly. And I remember I'd be in the shower and I'd just be scratching at myself oh. going, why am I so itchy? Mm-hmm. And I had a midwife check and I remember saying, look, you know, I don't feel really good. Like I, I feel really tired, um, but I yeah. feel sick. Like I just don't feel well. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I'm exhausted beyond exhausted. And she was like, yeah, well you got a toddler, you know, mm. so this is normal. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, yeah, that's probably all that it is. And mm-hmm. then that night I went home and I was sitting on the couch and, um, I thought actually before that mm-hmm. I was feeling that unwell that I actually left work and took myself to the hospital yeah. and I hadn't done that in this whole pregnancy. Yeah. It had been so easy, mm-hmm. but I took myself there and I was like, something doesn't feel right. I yeah. feel really unwell. Yeah. Um, and they monitored Bub and Bub was fine mm-hmm. and you know, they just assured me what I was feeling was just normal, mm-hmm. but I just felt that it was deeper than normal because yeah. I was having, you know, I was exhausted, but exhausted to the point of like, I could physically felt like I couldn't get up off the chair, mm. not hungry at all, not wanting to eat, having to force myself to eat, barely wow. peeing, yeah, which again is weird. That's freaky. Um, yeah, it's mm. weird. So mm-hmm. I got home that night and I just thought, oh, I'll just Google itchy wrist. Mm-hmm. And I Googled itchy wrist pregnant and ICP came mm-hmm. up and I was like, oh, and so I started reading about this cholestasis yeah. and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, and so it's ICP intrahepatic cholestasis intra- in pregnancy. Intrahepatic? Is it intrahepatic? Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah. I, look, it's been a few I don't even, yeah, I'm just like going off. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, 
to win ICP (laughs) or cholestasis. So it's basically where your liver stops um, cleaning out the toxins from your blood. And what's really scary about it is that those toxins then basically get fed through to Mm -hmm. bum and it really significantly increases your chance of a stillbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I read it, I was like, okay... Okay, this is a bit serious. Did you read like symptoms and think me, 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 me? Holy crap! I opened the mm-hmm. symptoms up and I'm like, no urine output, not hungry, yeah. exhausted, itchy wrist, itchy hands. Mm. Oh, and I've got was, goosebumps. Like and, thinking about how you must have felt reading well, that checklist. The, and then the last one. Sorry, this is a lot of information, but yeah. pale stools. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had noticed that, and I was like, that is really weird. Yeah. But I thought maybe because I wasn't eating a lot of food, yeah. I thought maybe that had something to do with it. And when mm-hmm. I saw that, this is eight o'clock at night, and my mm-hmm. husband's on night shift, and my baby boy's in bed. I rang the hospital, yeah. and I spoke to this midwife, and I said. I have ICP. Mm-hmm. I know I have ICP. I have all these symptoms. I was in there today because I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I've just found this article. I have it. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you need to come in right now and we need to do bloods. Wow. And I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this is like serious. Yeah. Um, and I started freaking out. And then mm-hmm. she actually rang me back and she's like, actually, you need to come first thing in the morning because we need to have, you need to fast. Okay. Um, yeah. So I go in the next morning after fasting mm-hmm. and um, they said, look, it's going to take three to four days or three to five days for your blood test to actually come back because the way the results are done, I think the that must be some, it takes time to extract mm-hmm. your bile salts from the blood because okay. that's what they're testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where a lot of people get it confused. They go to the doctor and say, I think I have ICP. And then mm-hmm. the doctor does a blood test and it checks their liver and they're like, your liver's fine. You're good. It's not a liver check. It's mm-hmm. a bile salt test. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's really important because I've had a lot of people I know that have gone and said, oh, but the doctor said my liver's fine. Mm-hmm. 60% of cases of women with ICP, liver is fine. Okay. So it's not an indication at all that you have ICP. Yeah. And there's okay. a lot of doctors that aren't educated in ICP. So you mm-hmm. really have to know yeah. what you're asking for if you suspect you have it. So I suppose an easy way to think if you've been tested by bile salts is did you have to fast you, before? You have to because fast. if you've just wandered in and gotten a blood test yeah. off out of your appointment, yeah. you probably didn't get tested. You probably didn't. And if your tests come back the next day or two days later, mm-hmm. you definitely didn't get okay. it done. They're, they only There's two clinics, I think, in Australia that test it. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, and they only run the test on a certain day. Oh, wow. So you only get, yeah, it's, okay. it's a lengthy process in which to get mm-hmm. your results back. The other issue with it too, and this is a scary part with ICP, is that you test on the Monday, you get your results on the Friday, but in that time your your um, bile salt acid levels could mm-hmm. have tripled or quadrupled. Wow. But you have no idea. You, yeah. There's no real-time testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in, had the test done, mm-hmm. and I remember a midwife came in and said to me, it's just your anxiety causing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she was actually the head midwife. And I was like... Hey, sweetheart, this is not my anxiety, okay? I'm not anxious. Well, I am a little bit now after reading this because I know I have ICP. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, but this is not anxiety. <laughs> yeah. This is just a well-informed person who knows mm-hmm. something's not right mm-hmm. and this is serious to me. Yeah. And um, But the doctor that was there said mm-hmm. I was symptomatic and okay. the doctor believed that I had ICP but yeah. wanted to wait till the results came mm-hmm. back. However... At the same time, the doctor had said, you know, because I think I was like 35 weeks. They said, you know, usually Mm -hmm. we test a lot earlier, we monitor, and your baby's induced between 34 and 36 weeks. Okay, wow. You've got to get bub out. Wow. Um, And so that really...
really stressed me out because mm-hmm. I thought, all right, I, mm-hmm. I must have this. How much risk is my baby in? How mm-hmm. much danger? Yeah. Um, and anyway, so they gave me the medication that mm-hmm. you are to take when you have um, ICP. I can't mm-hmm. recall the name of it. Is it that Urso? Urso, that's right. Urso. Yeah, Urso. Yeah, so it's actually an incredibly expensive medication. I think it's like $300, but... Did the PBS? Yeah, it covers it. Yeah, it covers it. So you pay like thirty or something. Thank God. Yeah. Um, And that just help. That helps reduce your bile salts. But Mm -hmm. I think there's like some conflicting information out there about Urso and how like it doesn't really protect the baby or what's happening. Yeah. Okay. I think I've seen stuff like this too. Like it's keeping your numbers good, but perhaps something. Yeah, it keeps your numbers okay, but yeah, you don't really know still. Do you remember um, what the risk of stillbirth is to your baby now? Um, You know, like. For a normal person without, not a normal person, but it increases each week. So okay. that's why they have to get bub out between mm-hmm. thirty four, or they like to get bub out between thirty four and thirty six weeks because yeah. thirty seven weeks, it's like say it shoots up. I can't remember the figures, but say yeah. it shoots up ten percent, and then okay. thirty eight, it's like twenty five percent, and then wow. thirty nine, it's like you know. So yeah, it, I'm only quoting figures out of my head there. Yeah, I'm not no, saying they're true yeah, figures, yeah. but it um, mm-hmm. the longer bubs in utero, the mm-hmm. higher it gets because the more your toxins are getting sent to yeah, okay. Um, so that's what was really worrying me because I think mm-hmm. I was almost 36 weeks and yeah. I thought, I've had this for weeks. Like mm-hmm. I've had itchy wrists for like six or seven or maybe even eight weeks and I just didn't even mm-hmm. take it into consideration. It was something to be mindful of. Yeah. Um, so I started really stressing mm-hmm. and um, I went home and I found an amazing, amazing, amazing support group on mm-hmm. Facebook for ICP, yeah. one here in Australia and one international. The international one is full of so much information yeah um so much knowledge more knowledge on those groups than you'll find in a hospital i find seriously because you've got hundreds and hundreds of women with the experience and Mm -hmm. you know what's Mm -hmm. happened with them Mm -hmm. um to share their stories and yeah it's a really good place to go for support but it also probably scared me even more because there are a lot of women that had told their stories that had had ICP discovered early, say mm-hmm. 26, 27 weeks, because, you know, they mentioned their symptoms and had testing and their bubs had died mm. at 30 weeks, you know, in mm-hmm. utero. Um, and so I was kind of freaking out, like low-key panicking at home yeah. thinking. I felt like I was like, I need to get this baby mm-hmm. out. And I had this whole pregnancy where I'm like, natural labor, yeah. I'm not going to be induced. And I was like, induce me yeah and I actually remember I was also a part of this other group mm-hmm. and it was all about natural birthing mm-hmm. um and they were like GDM you don't get induced you know for like pups or you know all mm-hmm. these other things they're like don't get induced don't get induced don't get induced ICP they're all like get yes now and when I saw that I was like oh mm-hmm. my god like yeah. this group of mums who I believe in to be like my birthing gods or like my birth you know that tell me everything mm-hmm. they are saying this is yeah. very you need to go mm-hmm. they, they're against being induced like mm-hmm. that is the worst thing that could possibly happen but they're saying go and get induced yeah. now mm-hmm. so when I was reading that I was like okay like I'm getting very nervous yeah. um, and my results came back that it was positive for okay. ICP yeah. um, and so when that came back um, this was the other conflicting thing too so the results mm-hmm. came back you've got to be over a 10 to be confirmed Okay. so they did the testing I think on the Friday and the Monday or the Tuesday they came back and they were, they were like a 16 Okay. Right. that was from a week before Yeah. Right. and so mm-hmm. one of the doctors said we're going to induce you immediately okay. and I was like yep prepared for that let's go mm-hmm. so they're like come back in 
two days. Okay. And they did more blood tests in as well. Okay. Um, and so I went home, got everything prepared because our nursery was full of boxes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and we spent, oh, and also too, at this time, my baby got decides to go breach. Oh. Spent the whole pregnancy with this baby head down. Wow. And then decides to turn breach. Okay. But I was like, I'm not even going to worry about this because mm-hmm. at this point I knew how serious ICP was yeah. that I strangely yeah. was like, if I have to have a C-section, I have to have a C. Yeah. And it was yeah. funny because it was such a different thought process yeah. to my first. Uh-huh. But yeah. I was like, this is more serious, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. I went home and I was like, just get your life sorted, get this uh-huh. nursery up and running. Um, yeah. And so we had two days. And mm-hmm. I think because I spent so much time bent over on all fours, uh, yeah. baby turned around. Oh, nice. So we're good. Yeah, okay. um, so we didn't have to worry uh, about that. Yeah. Yeah. But when I went back in to be induced, and it was the same process with Harvey, I went okay. in the day before with the folly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, um, I lost my train of thought. So you're going in to get induced, yes. but you and he's turned. Yeah, he's turned. Back down. Yeah, um, but they. Yeah, I was way less afraid this time. Nice. Too. Yeah. Um, so you're thirty six. Oh, thirty six weeks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. thirty six weeks. Yeah. So I was really concerned because I, when they said we're going to induce you, they gave mm-hmm. me the steroid shots, and I went back the next day okay. for the steroid shots. Yeah. Which, by the way, are so painful. And therefore, baby's, baby's lungs. lungs. Yeah. Because okay, yeah. you are that little bit earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, I. I'd always kind of been against them, but mm-hmm. when I was put in that situation, I was like, anything to help this baby uh-huh. is more yeah. most important. It just important. helps mature. Yeah, their lungs. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the steroid shots, which yeah. seriously, like they're probably more painful than giving birth. Oh. Well, no, that, where do no. they put it? Like, is just it in, in your, your bum? Um, okay, yeah, yeah. or in mm-hmm. your thigh. Um, yeah. The first one didn't. I didn't even feel, but the next, the second one, the next day, it just burnt <laughs> for like five minutes, and Ouch. the lady said, "Oh yeah, these aren't good. These these are painful." And I'm like, "Oh." I just the first injection felt nothing. The second one, I was really surprised by. Uh Um, But, yes, I came back in to be induced. Had the folly. Same thing, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they put the folly in. But the folly fell out at, like, 10 p.m. Okay, cool. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, this Mm -hmm. is good. Um, And then the next morning, my cervix, when they checked it. Oh, actually, they went to check my cervix at 4 a.m. And they Mm -hmm. thought Bub's head had, they thought Bub had turned breached again. Okay, wow. And it's 4 a.m. in the morning, and they were like, we're going to either have to do a cervix check to see uh-huh. if we can feel Bub's head yeah. or we're going to have to call the doctor in to do an ultrasound. Okay. And I was like, look, it's 4am, don't wake the doctor up. And I really liked the midwives I was dealing yeah. with. I was like, um, just check, that's yeah. fine. And they mm-hmm. checked and they're like, yeah, it's definitely Bub's head down okay. there. So Lovely. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get to 4am and being told, okay, we're not, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. So it was just, there was just in those last couple of days, there was so mm. much stress that I thought this mm-hmm. is definitely a boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And only because my first pregnancy was so stressful with a boy, I thought this has to be another little yeah. boy. Um, and yeah, so that was good. But it was funny because the midwife that then, was a part of my labor she was actually the one who had said to me oh this is just anxiety mm-hmm. and she was there in the room when the doctor came in and said no it's confirmed icp okay. a few days later and yeah. i remember i just looked at her yeah because i was like oh yeah how's that for stress honey but she was really good she yeah. was good yeah. i think maybe she was trying to calm me down yeah to be like it's okay it's nothing yeah yeah okay. so but uh, yeah. you know you when you know something's not yeah. right you know mm-hmm. um but yeah, so they did the gel and I thinned out super quickly. Yeah. And um, I was so relaxed. I remember just feeling awesome. I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. What um, a great mindset to be going into birth, yeah, too. To it feel was. That. Yeah, yeah, especially too because yeah. I was so nervous. Obviously, I'm having my baby. I was 36 weeks and oh, maybe no, I had just hit 37 weeks. Okay. So yeah. uh, knowing he, I was, he was coming that yeah. little bit early and that the mm-hmm. ICP had issues. And I also knew too that 
the risk of ICP too when Bub came out was um, their breathing. They okay. could have um, a respiratory distress was okay. a really big thing with ICP babies. Yeah. So like I kind of had been prepped that if he came out and his IGUR yeah. um, mm-hmm. were low, then he would have to get whisk away. Okay, yeah. so, the APGAR. Apgar. After when they come out of yeah, school, Apgar, they give them. It. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I was like, I, kind of in this mind frame that you know, I was gonna go with whatever had to happen. Mm-hmm. But I also too, I think, because I'd been induced before, I knew what was about to happen to yeah. me. So I wasn't. You so know, you were prepared for perhaps him being whisked away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was prepared for that. I was prepared for you know the membranes being um, erupted, the pectoris mm-hmm. drip. I knew I wasn't gonna be able to move around a lot, so I knew, all right, we're gonna use a ball. Like I just I knew nice. what I was yeah. going into. You know, the first time I thought I had these beautiful ideas of yeah. you know like this like really free labor, and then yeah. I was like tied up. So yeah. I knew that yeah. was gonna be the approach the second time around. So it just yeah. took away a lot of the stress. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so they erupted my membranes. I think around the same time. It must have been ten thirty okay. again. Mm-hmm. We went for a walk, had coffee with mum again. Very yeah. much very similar things happened. Yeah. Um, then went back up to the birthing suite, got on the drip mm-hmm. about the same time, and had no contractions. Okay. Not one. Oh wow. And um, they had me monitored. They weren't picking up on any contractions at all, and mm. I kept saying I can feel a lot of like pressure on my bum. Okay. Um, and it was really weird to Harvey because Harvey was all back labor because yeah. he was posterior. Okay. Yeah. And the contractions are so intense. Where mm-hmm. with Heath, I had so much pressure in my bum that I couldn't mm. even fit on the ball. Wow. So I was just standing up and I was just rocking the whole time. Yeah. And there was a student doctor that asked to be a part of the birth and I was yeah. fine for that. Yeah. And um, it was a little bit off-putting because she kept saying to the midwife, oh, you know, like at what stage do you run like with someone off for an emergency cesarean? Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> probably not the time to ask a question, sweetheart, when someone is in <laughs> you know? I reckon she will get to a point where she'll look back and be like, oh my God, I'm such a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like don't oh, like God. that kind of because I was like, oh, has something happened? Yeah, I was sitting over reading like you know the contractions, um, and I heard the midwife kind of say something to her about you know that question. Um, but my midwife, she was really good as well. She nice. was just so encouraging, um, oh, and they kept saying like, um, you're not in active labour yet, and they kept turning up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like I kept having lots of great conversations with them and chatting yeah. with Chris and there was a lot of students that day so a lot of people kept coming in and out and yeah. um, I remember hearing the midwife say what she's doing like this mother rocking and see how she's swinging her hips and how she's getting on the bed because I kept leaning down she's yeah. like this is all natural ways of women dealing with like you know the pressure and that, that they're feeling yeah and I kept thinking of that quote like I was going to travel to the stars to collect my baby and I kept thinking in my head I'm coming for you like <laughs> yeah, get, you nice. know, get ready mm-hmm. and um they were like, I just remember like the head midwife came in and she was like, um, like, what is your pain level? Because we can't pick up on any contractions. Okay, yeah. You know, we like, it was a little bit strange. I'd been on pictosin for so long and okay, there was nothing. Yep. And I was like, oh, I don't, the pain, I said, maybe I can feel them, like maybe a five. But, okay, yeah. And I started thinking, oh God, is this going to be another four and a half hour active labor with a two and a half hour pushing? Like, yeah, uh-huh. And I thought this, no, surely not. <laughs> And it was two o'clock because my midwife was about to go on lunch and okay. she kept saying to me all morning, we're getting this baby out before I go. Okay. And she was like, oh, look, sweetheart, I'm, I'm going to have to do handover. I've got to go. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. so they brought in, um, 
they said, oh, we'll bring in the doctors and, you know, we'll, they asked me, do you want to do a cervical check? And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, we'll do one because I hadn't done one this time around. Okay, yeah. And the student doctor accidentally pushed the emergency button. Oh. So everyone ran in. Um, <laughs> the midwife was like, it's okay. We're just doing a cervical exam. <laughs> so everyone oh. ran then out. Um, yeah. But the doctor stayed and my midwife had actually just done one and she said, okay. oh, you're about eight and a half. Oh, wow. And I thought, yeah. okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And then... The doctor did one. She goes, mm, no, you're only about seven. Okay. And I was like, but damn, seven yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? And it kind of defeat, like mentally, I felt like it, my mind altered. Is that why, like you just said then, you, you said, okay, I'll have one. Were you not wanting them this pregnancy? Yeah. Do you want to talk about like why? Oh, I just was not? like a little bit more hands-off approach. Mm-hmm. I know I have to get induced, but yeah. we don't need to check my cervix every hour. Yeah. I feel like when you described in your first labor and you said when you were told a seven, you were like felt a bit crushed. Yeah. When I went in for my first, I was eight, and I remember feeling pure, like, thank God, because I was like, imagine if this isn't labor. And at that point, I thought, oh. this is why they're so, like, for me, because I felt relieved, that was good for me. But I thought, if they had told me you're five, yeah. I would have been devastated, and I would have been like, well, Forget it. I, don't, I can't do this, <laughs> yeah. because I was, you know, and that's what I thought. And, you know, you could be five and have a baby two hours, you could be eight, and you could take another four hours. So exactly. to me, like, unless there's something funny going on, yeah. um, but yes, I wonder if that was a similar for you, like I, a psychological. Yeah, I think like thing, the maybe. first, I think because I didn't move off seven for like four or five hours, and the pain between each time they checked was so intense. Mm. I was like, surely my cervix is getting bigger. Yeah. Um. So, and the second time round, I thought I don't need to know because I will know when Bub's coming. I will. I will know what's happening. I don't need that. Yeah. And okay. but. Then the labor was so different. Like I had so much pressure in my bum mm. that I thought, this is weird. And they're telling yeah. me I'm not contracting. Yeah. So uh-huh. what's going on? So I yeah. thought, okay, let's do a check. Yeah. So when the doctor said, oh, no, you're only seven, seven and a half, I thought, oh, okay, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. But yeah. I mean, the midwife did just tell me eight and a half. And I thought, oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I jumped off the bed and um, I had another big contraction and I just jumped straight on my, the ground, wow. squatted and pushed his head straight out. Oh my God, amazing. Like, that, like seriously. <laughs> and Chris was like, the head is out because no one was prepared. Wow, and yeah. I, when I got on the ground, I remember like I got on the ground and the midwife was like, what are you doing, love? And I couldn't talk. I was just pointing down to the ground. Because I knew right then and there, he was, the bub was coming. And Amazing. when they, they started slowly getting some towels and putting them down. Yeah. And then next thing, all like this blood just comes out and wow. I grab this baby's head and oh I push him again. God. And he starts falling. And this midwife dives between my legs <laughs> and grabs this baby. And I'm holding him too. Oh my gosh. So, and as I grab him and I'm pulling him up, I see another little doodle. <laughs> and I'm like, it is another boy. <laughs> Again, I got to catch my oh, baby no, yeah. and see what my baby was, but it was so quick. What a different experience wow. from that first. Like, so different. Like, literally lying on the bed. You were seven and a half centimetres. Okay, jump up, baby out on the next contraction. Oh, my God. That's so, amazing. I don't know if I literally on that contraction just went straight to a 10 and bed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and I remember, like, when I got on the ground and I had that huge, overwhelming urge to push, yeah. I remember feeling pure fear in a, se- a split second because I thought... 
am I going to do two and a half hours of this pushing? Yeah. But then uh-huh. when his head came straight out, I was like, oh, we're home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we're done. We are done. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And he, he came so quick. And then yeah. um, his placenta came pretty quickly thereafter as well. I remember yeah. I, it was a bit more slower after that. Like, I gave birth to him. And they're like, do you want the needle? And they gave okay, me the needle. Yeah. And his placenta came. And yeah. A bit more of a soft approach. Oh, but yeah. it was so quick. I purely had I, I felt like I went into shock yeah yeah, yeah. and I felt like I was completely like like de- detached a little bit okay yeah and I jumped yeah. back up on the bed and I had this baby and yeah. he just shocked me because he was like 37 weeks yeah and he was yeah. tiny he yeah. was like six so you really noticed yeah he was so tiny small. Yeah. but he just got straight on that boob oh, and lovely. fed for like half an hour awesome like he was two seconds new. Yeah, amazing. Like, and my first, like you know, Harvey like would get on and like suck for like maybe thirty seconds. I had to keep waking him yeah, up. Like, this little yeah. baby wouldn't get off. Wow. And I'm yeah. Like, what is with this little child? Like little baby amazing. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I went and had a shower, but I remember I was so exhausted. I actually had to sit down. Mm-hmm. Like with my first slave, it was weird because it was so much energy and it took so much out of me. But yeah, I had the shower afterwards and I was good. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. mentally good. But then the second one. The labor, like, I hate saying this, but it wasn't painful. Okay. Not compared to the first. I yeah. think because my okay. first was 10 out of 10, yeah. posterior, terrible. Mm-hmm. The second was, they end up calculating it was 40 minutes. Wow. 40 wow. Minute labor. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, and yeah. because it was so quick. Did they, so, did they keep upping your... Yep. They kept, well. yep, yeah, okay. they kept upping it, but they, mm-hmm. the only thing that they could, because they couldn't, still couldn't pick up on contractions, mm-hmm. the only thing that the midwife had marked was I had said to her uh, about half an hour before I gave birth to him, like, I'm getting big, big like, big yeah, feelings of contractions wow. down low. Mm-hmm. So she marked every time, she said, tell me when you, you feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'd just mark it. So she counted back and she said, maybe it's been 40 minutes, if yeah, that. Amazing. So it was so quick. And, like, shocking as well shocking. to you. Like, holy. Especially yeah. if you've got that in your head, what it's going to be based yeah. off your first as well. I think so. I thought yeah. I was a few hours away from it. <laughs> Did you ever look into the fetal ejection reflex thing? That Have you heard of that? No. I don't, like, I've heard of many variations about it, but it's just... It's basically like what you described, like just woof, out, you know what I mean? Like right. very quick, kind of almost an uncontrollable women will just like, yeah, jump up and just this baby just is born very quickly. I haven't heard of that, yeah. but I should go fetal, and look into that. Fetal ejection reflex, I think. Right, yeah, because like, like he, he came. He mm, came. Wow. <laughs> Chris was, I'm pretty sure I remember looking up and Chris was on his phone and Chris, yeah. that he was looking at me <laughs> with the shock on his face because his baby's head's hanging out. Especially because you've just been told, Tom. oh, you're seven and a half. So yeah. you're probably thinking, okay, a few yeah. more hours. Yeah, exactly. Go back to candy wow. crash. Something. And I yeah. really like with Harvey. They took photos just as I was giving birth, and okay. I really wanted that to happen. But no one had time. Oh, there was no time at all, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but I was really worried about how he was going to be, and he was mm-hmm. fine. He was perfect. He Lovely. was pink. He fed immediately. Nice. They didn't so yeah, he didn't have to go away anywhere. No, nice. nowhere. So he stayed with me, and but yeah. I had a shower, and I felt exhausted. I felt very strange like that yeah. first like 12 hour or that first night yeah i was like it's so weird i got a baby and i know i do but i feel really i think because yeah. of the shock because how quick he came yeah but then by yeah. the next morning i was like oh there's my baby yeah you know? yeah come back down yeah it was crazy it yeah. was a really different experience yeah but did you with your icp and all of that were there things you had to do after yes the labor after i get tested yeah or? so okay. i had to get tested a couple of days later i went back in and mm-hmm. got tested um for my levels to see if they were because my liver enzymes were off as well so okay. they came back they were all totally fine yeah um and i've read some conflicting stuff on it now like mm-hmm. you can have it they always say if you have 
ICP, mm-hmm. you've got like a 70% chance of getting it in other pregnancies. Okay, yeah. So, But they also say it's very, very unusual not to have it in your first pregnancy, right, but have it okay. in a second one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so oh, I don't know if, but I have heard now, excuse me, a lot mm-hmm. of women um, have picked it up on a second one. Okay. And I know I didn't have any of those same symptoms, symptoms. in my first. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's weird how some things happen, yeah. but it does concern me if I have a third bump. Yeah, that that's going to be a risk yeah. as well. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So you know, there are other so things that I think about. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so, how was breastfeeding? With oh, Heath? yeah. It, he did you find it different being a second time mum breastfeeding? Um, was it a different experience? Or? No, different baby. So it was okay. a different experience. Yeah, like, um, yeah. you know, Harvey, he he had some difficulty feeding, mm-hmm. um, just with latching. Okay. Um, you know, like we went and seen like, uh, like we thought he had tongue ties. We thought yeah. all those things, and mm-hmm. we saw specialists. The specialist said, oh, he doesn't have a tongue tie, but you've traveled all this way. We might as well just cut, like, oh, wow, his, okay. yeah. And I was like, under no circumstances <laughs> are you doing that. You don't think he has one. We're not cutting yeah. anything. Like, everything's mm-hmm. staying intact. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Heath was a different baby, so okay. he just latched on perfectly. Nice. So, yeah. um, he brought my milk in the next day. Wow. My milk was completely in. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, less than, I, th- I think it was, like, maybe less than 24 hours. Wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, lovely. Yeah, he was a really, like, a really good little feeder. Yeah, oh, that's so good yeah. a nice happy ending like yeah. you must have just felt so nervous in that pregnancy just yes just that end ICP well like. weird you know Harvey the whole pregnancy was so stressful mm, the labor mm-hmm. was so intense Heath so calm up until like that last two weeks and yeah that really intensified that's almost a reflection of his birth as well hey it like is. just chill 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 here yeah. <laughs> and like yeah same as the pregnancy yeah. exactly so, wow, so it'll be interesting to see if I have a third yeah I can't convince my husband yeah so. <laughs> well you've got two beautiful boys so yeah yeah they're um they are beautiful. beautiful. Well, thank you so much for no, sharing your stories with us. Um, just amazing, especially for those mums that are facing induction. I think there's so much negativity around an induction, yeah. but to know, um, to hear your story and to know that it is possible to have, to catch your own baby and to yes. do all of that beautiful stuff that I think some yeah. people think only exist in home birth or whatever, right. you know. I think so it's too, you know, to they, don't, they both didn't go the way that I wanted, but I got mm-hmm. a lot of what I wanted still yeah. within them. So I think yeah. that if you have to be induced, mm-hmm. um, it's not a bad thing and it's doesn't mean that's not going to be a beautiful thing because yeah. I felt with mm-hmm. both of my labors they were both really spiritual yeah they were both really overwhelming Lovely. I remember the next day standing there in the corridor looking down at the birthing suite wanting to be back in that room well, going through it again yeah and I yeah. remember you know like and even now I think back to that day and I just wish I could rewind yeah. and go through I'd go even with Harvey I'd mm-hmm. redo that whole day over again yeah yeah you know, because there's Amazing. something in that moment that's just so beautiful yeah. so yeah, yeah they can be just as special absolutely yeah. nice well thank you caroline thank you Thanks. i'm just going to add a couple of little online resources about some of the topics me and caroline discussed today um, but of course first and foremost we have the hospital here we have our doctors here our midwives there's specialists that fly in and out um, they are your first port of call so go to them and discuss everything with them and if after that you, you're just curious and you want to learn more here are some online um, easily accessible resources so I've mentioned this one before um, when it comes to breach um, the spinning babies website and that's just a great little website um, and it's got heaps of resources and workshops and things like that as well just talking about different movements exercises and positions you can take while pregnant to maybe get your baby in a more favorable position maybe even making your breech baby go head down Um, and of course it doesn't work for everybody 
Um, Evidence-based birth website have a section on ECVs, which is external cephalic versions. Um, ECV, I'm sure that's what it means. Um, they call it breach version on their website. Um, and so that it goes through the risks and all of that. And that is when the, the doctor um, manually kind of moves your belly and gets bub to go um, head down. So that's the evidence-based birth website. And if you just type in evidence-based birth plus ECV, it'll come up straight away. Um, then also, actually, there is a documentary called Heads Up, The Disappearing Art of Vaginal Breach Delivery. And if you are interested in breach, it is a really cool little documentary. It doesn't go for long. I think you need to pay like $8 to watch it, though. But it's really interesting. And that's called the Heads Up. Uh, it's called Heads Up, The Disappearing Art of Vaginal Breach Delivery. Um, and so when it comes to gestational diabetes, mellitus, mellitus, however you say it, GDM, um, evidence-based birth, once again, have a really good article um, called Diagnosing GDM. So if you just type in evidence-based birth, um, Diagnosing GDM, you'll see it. Also, there is uh, Dr. Rachel Reed. She runs a blog called Midwife Thinking, um, and she's got an article um, gestational diabetes beyond the label it's called and she's got a lot of information as well on um, gestational diabetes so that is Dr Rachel Reed, and her like website is called midwifethinking.com um, when it comes to induction also evidence-based birth once again um, has a article called evidence on induction for gestational diabetes and that's really interesting it talks about like indications for induction and all of that um, ICP intrahepatic cholestasis in pregnancy i can't pronounce words properly anyway icp um we referred um caroline referred to two groups that she um, got a lot of help in from other people and and heard other women's stories and those groups were called icp support australia and new zealand and the other one was called icp care forward slash itchy mums and so they're easily um, you can find them on facebook very easy and there's a website kind of associated with those and that is called icpcare.org and it's a really good website. It's got heaps of information on there, easy to understand. Um, yeah, so that is it. Thank you very much.